rock of nations in distress. The gods of AI have taken over the show. Hey, I'm ready. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Um. Oh, the humanity with its AI. So, oh, the half artificial humanity. It sounds like a transformation. It sounds like a sound effect for Imaginos. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, this is Joe Lincher. Hi everybody, this is Ron Halford. The Rudy Sargent. Hey there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just recommend a triumph from a talking rock with Dave and Shane. Well, Albert, it's good to talk to you again, sir. Uh, I think we've talked with you for uh, every installment of Imaginos. Man, how does it feel first to have you get the final installment here, all three parts? I mean, what, what's this feel like for you? Oh, it's very gratifying. Uh, uh, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, first of all, it's something that I talked about with Sandy Promo when we started this whole thing was to, to have a, a, uh, the trilogy and to, to have it be uh, uh, <clears throat> a record that really uh, had a lot of my friends um, performing on it. You know, a lot of my my musical friends, you know, outside of Blue Oyster Cult and inside Blue Oyster Cult. You know, I got uh, Eric and Richie on this one, and um, and on the on the last one I had Donald and. Uh, 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 and I also had Chasm Sultan on this one. So, it, it, you know, it was really great to have all these people helping me out, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> along for the ride, you know, on uh, this Imaginos uh, journey. Well, but, um, to have, uh, you know, you, you said Eric on this one, right? Yeah. On this this current. Well, I mean, what, what was that like? Uh, I, I know you guys reconnected. You connected with the old band uh, a few times uh, here and there. Uh, you know, you played on their their last record, um, of course, too. But what what's that like whenever you guys reconnect? It's great. It really is. You know, um, there was a time when we didn't get along so well. You know, right yeah. around, uh, they asked me to leave, and then uh, they asked me to come back for a tour in 1985, which was only four years after, and uh, it still wasn't good. So after that. Uh, we started getting together not to play, just to socialize and just to talk about, you know, some of them wanted to talk about what happened. Some of them didn't want to talk about what happened, but it didn't really matter whether we talked about what happened. It was more like, this is where we're at right now. I think that I changed a lot in the uh, in the interim period, and, and I think they did too, you know, so... Uh, I had a job as a school teacher for 31 years. So that was really, um, it really opened my eyes to who I am as an individual. You know, I think that uh, what I didn't know about teaching is that uh, there's a lot of self-reflection that goes on where you think, you know, okay, that lesson went well, why did it go well? Or, oh, that lesson was a total disaster. Why did that, you know, not work. And right. some of it was that uh, I found that I wasn't as good a listener as I thought I was. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, especially 
to the women in the class, you know, and the females in the class, I would always go right to the guys, you know, they would put their hand up first and I would, after a while, I said, no, wait, let's hear what, you know, what Mary had to say, or, you know, I would kind of uh, uh, try and correct that, you know, do, do some yeah. as far as uh, how I, I look at people and, um, and so, yeah, so that was, it was good for me, but I also did the same thing with my, uh, with my old band where I started observing how they are and their personalities and understanding why what happened happened, you know, it all had to happen. And, and, uh, you know, at the time I was very angry, you know, how could you take my, my, career away from me like that, you know, and, and, you know, not just with the band, but when, when with, with Columbia records, when they didn't want to put it out, it was like, I was, I was mad a lot, but, uh, uh, at this point in my life, I think, well, it was good. You know, I, I had this other career that, uh, that really, uh, helped me understand myself and, and the world in general. So that was really great. Plus the pension and the the lifetime uh, healthcare. I mean, that's not not too bad either. <laughs> you got to have that. I mean, that's that's key. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was all good. You know what happened, and I'm really happy that I you know that I can go back and and still you know keep my hand in uh, the entertainment business. It's uh, yeah. one thing. So and 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 this is um, I mean to especially you know the early struggles with the imaginos kind of the the original you know going back to uh the the 80s i think right and then kind of you know where you are now i mean you you've you've taken this into your own hands i mean you you've been doing the the vocals you know you've done so much of of, of the curation of the music and everything talk about the story uh going into this this final installment kind of where the story picks up i don't want to give a lot away because it does feel like a movie you know it really does it's the cool yeah, thing yeah. you listen to uh an album and it's like three it's like this feels like a movie like part three but um what what can you what, what do you want to share about the story without i guess giving you know too much away well, okay, so uh, one of the things that happened when er, the original, when we were doing the original thing, we were conceiving of this three-act play was that it was going to be like Star Wars. It was going to be, you know, the setting, the scene. It's an exotic place. It's like, you know, like Tatooine. It's, it's, it's you know, it's the uh, 19th century uh you know, Europe and, and Mexico and the United States and, and uh, the beginning of, of, of this, uh, these countries. And, and then, you know, then the second act is where uh, the mirror does its evil magic and, uh, and uh, it's the empire striking back. Yeah. You know? where uh there's chaos and and it looks like all is lost by the end of you know the the (laughs) armageddon has happened at the end of uh bombs over germany it's like everything is destroyed and then 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 this is like the last part where all the little threads get you know to get tied together and and it turns out to be a a good thing you know that the new they're all pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and when you write the music, when you put the music together for this too, I mean, how important is it to try to 
find melodies and, and tones and things like that, that go, that match what you're, you know, what you're trying to say lyrically, you know, I mean, has that been, has that always been a tough thing uh, to balance? Yeah. You know, I think when I used to write songs back in the old days, I was not, I was more, it was all about the rhythm and not so much about the melody. And I, and like a song like Imaginos or even, um, even uh, Mothra and the Starfish, those songs, I injected a lot more melody in, into them. Uh, or, or like, uh, you know, the song Workshop of the Telescopes, which became Black Telescope. I mean, there was a melody kind of hidden in there, but, you know, it wasn't emphasized. So I really wanted to emphasize that melody. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> on the new record, the 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 uh, accompanying piece to uh, Black Telescope, of course, is Mountain of Madness. And of course, that's that's where Imaginos, uh, you know, he he uh, he seeks atonement and redemption. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Talking with Albert Bouchard, legendary drummer from Blue Oyster Cult, Imaginos 3, Mutant Reformation. Uh, now, this came out July 7th, so it's been out for a little bit. I mean, people have had a chance to really pick up on it and dig into it. And, uh, of course, you've got I mean, to work with Ross, the boss, uh, you know, um, and Andy Chernoff, um, you know, and of course, your brother, uh, Joe, you know, I mean, how cool. I mean, Ross, the boss has always been like a lifelong fan of Blue Oyster Cult. You know, of course, Sandy Perlman influences. We talked with him uh, before that New York scene. And I mean, he's just a massive fan of of, of you guys. Uh, you know, yeah. what's what's it like? And he's a character, too. What's it like, you know, when, whenever working with uh, Ross? It's great. It's great. You know, I've known him since, you know, I, he just, you know, I think maybe he was 20 when I met him and uh, he uh, right from the beginning, he played on my demos for Blue Oyster Cult. So, you know, he was the best guitar player outside of maybe Don, you know, uh, Bogdarma. Although I think, uh, you know, they both do different things. I think, yeah. you know, really play that much alike, but, uh, but boss, you know, Ross is just, he's a tremendous guitar player. So, you know, uh, you know, I like to play guitar too, but I cannot do what either of those guys do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had a lot of help on on the record from other guitar players. I mean, I had Steve Conti, who was in uh, New York Dolls, and now That's right, yeah. Michael Monroe, and uh, and of course, I met him when we both were playing with Robert Gordon who uh, passed away last year. And Robert was supposed to do some stuff on this record, you know. He, oh, man. He would, you know, because I'd helped him on his latest record, uh, you know, singing some backgrounds and basically just taking Chris Bedding's guitar parts and, and fitting them into the track because we did everything uh, remotely because Chris had some health issues and so did Robert. So they couldn't get together. So I kind of put you know, did the internet thing, sending files and yeah. fitting them into the track and stuff like that. So that was, that was good. So he was going to help me out, but you know, he got sick and, and couldn't make it. So, but, uh, you know, there was a lot. So, so Steve Conti played on it. Benny Landa, who also played with Robert Gordon played on it. Uh, um, Richie Castellano sang a song. Nice. Uh, yeah. Of course, my longtime collaborator, R.J. Ronquillo, did a, a killer, 
you know, some killer guitar solos on this one. Uh, I, Mike Fornatel, who's a, a amazing musician, he did a solo. Let's see who else. Um, Mm, well, Ross, the boss, of course, and I get, I did a lot of leads too, actually. Uh, so uh, my guitar playing has gotten better from just from associating with uh, these other great. <laughs> it's like you know you have to, you know, if you want to hang with them, you better start practicing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I man, that that was one of the big uh, things that I, I picked up on the record was that you know you're you're stepping into the you know the lead guitar role and. I mean, what is, what is that like? I mean, you got those those guys. That I guess it kind of rubs off a little bit, right? You know, but but how cool is that? Yeah, you're yeah. those leads. Well, and, and like RJ Ranquillo is a great teacher. He's he's got a course that a guitar course that I've I've been working on that. So I'm trying to learn from him. He's he's a, you know, and he's of course a young man. He's only I think uh, he's forty seven this year, maybe forty eight. Yeah, and he's got those YouTube videos, right? He's got some big, uh, big following online. Yeah. He's doing a demo of, of some guitar pedal or a guitar or an amp or something every day, just about yeah. really hard to get him. Uh, you know, I went to Nashville, we were supposed to get together and the day that he, you know, I was only there for a few days. So, uh, the day that we were going to get together, he called me and said, Oh, I can't do it. I just, I have to do these things. I already took the money and, <laughs> I didn't yeah. demo yet, so yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I'm thinking of it more in terms of uh, because I really, even though making a record like the old-fashioned way is a little bit on the tedious side because you end up going through you know every every little thing and saying, well, is this you know is this sloppiness? Is this a good sloppiness or is this a bad sloppiness? Do I need to? <laughs> We need to redo it, you know, so yeah, yeah. a lot of that, you know, or, you know, but I tried as little as possible to to use tricks. I just tried to make it really sound good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And a lot of that was taking out, making space in the arrangements rather than, you know, I mean, I, I tend to fill things up, but, you know, and I also, I got a great mixer, this guy that uh, I never met until this year, until last year. When I went to his, uh, I went to his his hometown, Birmingham, Alabama. It turned out he was from New York, but or he was oh, from California, but he lived in New York, and now he's now he's. I guess the a woman is involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. You know, I'm like New Yorker. What are you doing down here, down in the south? He's like, oh, that's all right. You know, you yeah. Know. <laughs> he's got his friends there, and it's it's yeah. not. Everybody's not all the same in the South, you know. Right. <laughs> um, uh, first single is uh, E.T.I. And of course, that's, uh, as we mentioned, that's with your brother, uh, Joe Bouchard. And um, also, um, you know, I was curious about, like, uh, I mean, what do you think Sandy would say at this point if, if he heard, like, the whole uh, trilogy? What do you think he would, he oh, would you know? I think he would be ecstatic. He would, yeah. you know, I mean, he would, he would definitely disagree. We, we butted heads a lot, but he, on some of my choices, but he would be very happy that I, uh, you know, it's funny cause I, I have the suitcase in that closet back there of his oh. writings. And as I'm going through it, you know, I find there's a 12 page, uh, treatment, uh, for a movie that was written by, let's see, uh, let me find the guy's name. We, I have to ask, we can't see some of that, can we? 
Uh, oh no! Well, I no, I uh, I actually I it's, it's locked away. <laughs> Wait, well, had to had to ask. <laughs> I, I have somebody that's doing it that is uh, digitizing the whole thing, mm. and uh, I'm trying to find it now. The person that is digitizing it, she sent me some stuff. No, 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 That's cool. It's like it, it's kind of like when when we talked the last time we talked to Joe, he just said, "Yeah, I just happened to have the bass from Burning for You back there," and we're like, "No way!" <laughs> it's just it, the the gems, the historic gems that are like in the house. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. So I have a twelve-page treatment by uh, David Fincher. You know, okay. Wow. Yeah, director of Fight Club and Gone Girl and yeah, stuff like that. So that's something that I'm going to follow up. You know, uh, after you know, after the dust settles, after I finish promoting this this current record, uh, I want to see about that. And uh, you know, but Sandy, he was working on a video game and and a whole bunch of stuff. And we actually have a graphic novel. Uh, the things that are coming up next. First was the, you know, was getting the three records out, fulfilling the promise that I made to Sandy, you know, when he was in the hospital before he died, which I know uh, I felt guilty because after he died, you know how it is when somebody you love dies. It's like you can't. I was a little mad at him that he died and I was I was sad. And so I didn't want to feel all these emotions. So I just it away for about four 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 or five years you know yeah, yeah finally i'm like you know i said i would do this and i really you know i'm not getting any younger you know i have this you know when covid came of course it was very advantageous for me because i had all this time you know and i couldn't fill it up with um looking for a new girlfriend or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yep. hey uh speaking of sandy uh there, there was a cool article I read recently where he—I didn't know—he coined the term heavy metal. Do you yeah. remember him? Do you remember him using that term and and coming up with that phrase for, yeah. for describing that kind of music? Yeah, it, it was actually it was it was right around when I met him, and he uh, used it to describe the birds of all things. Hmm. He used it in an article on the birds where he said the 12 string made a, a sound that sounded like metal, like heavy metal. And of course, then when uh, we, then when we heard Steppenwolf, he's like, did they read Crawd, Eddie? And I'm like, I think they're talking about the, the, the motorcycle is, is the heavy metal thunder that uh, Steppenwolf, he's like, oh, well, I thought they stole my idea. I said, no, 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 it's your idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> And he was always talking about the future, and this is something that's been coming up a lot uh, lately. Sandy uh, probably thought of it at some point as well, but um, I know Spielberg did. But what's the whole AI thing mean to you, artificial intelligence? And do you consider it making music as a musician? Do you consider it as a tool or do you consider it a threat? I don't think it's a threat at all. I mean, as musicians, we kind of take whatever we've uh, – we've heard, you know, it's consciously or subconsciously and we recycle it. I mean, that's kind of what we do, but 
AI is, uh, but there is a bit of, uh, for like, see, like serendipity, uh, you know, accidents, you know, happy accidents that happen as when humans do it. Whereas with AI, those happy accidents are, are much fewer and farther in between. So I think that the quality of a, of an AI generated song, for instance, is not ever going to be as good as somebody who's writing about the terrible shit that happened to them. And they're kind of like, this cathartic thing, you know, I mean, I wrote a, a song. <laughs> I'm too much. I wrote a song called hell compared to you. <laughs> hell, do, 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 hell has no glory. <laughs> AI could never figure that out. Yeah. Computer can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Are there plans to uh, take this on the road? Oh, go ahead. Oh. I, I, what I, I'm interested in using AI to make videos. I think that's that's a that's an interesting idea. You know, backgrounds and to get you know to put yourself in another land. You know, easily that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, Queensrÿche just did that, and it's interesting to see. Uh, they have a new video. It's interesting to see that. I think it's Tormentum's the track, but it's 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 wild. You know, like when you see like visuals, like anime, you know, actual moving pictures and AI, it's, 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 it's trippy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the tediousness of uh, making a video is something I would, wouldn't mind losing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. How's the dictator's latest uh, effort going? Uh, I, I saw something about uh, you guys signed to a label. Yep. Or... We signed to two labels, actually. So right one, on. Uh, Deco for physical and Deco is doing a very good job for me for physical. I mean, my, the new record Imaginos three is number 16 on the Amazon uh, physical sales chart. So they, nice. they've got the, their distribution and Warner brothers, they have a great uh, a publicity department. So Deco is doing a very good job for that. The dictator now, but not so much for streaming. So the dictators have a different company for streaming. I can't remember. Yeah. Valley Arts, I think it is. Something, something. So uh, they have two companies and we're working on uh, finishing their record. We uh, recorded five new songs a couple weeks ago and uh, we're about to start um, putting the vocals on them. You know, the final vocals we did scratch when we're in the studio. We recorded all the songs uh, live you know, all together, even though we did use a click track, you know, says it would be on the grid, you know. So, uh, well, we used uh, four out of the five used a click track. The the one song uh, we got off off the click and we said, ah, it sounds, you know, and then we tried to do it like on, you know, fix it. And it was like, no, it's better like that. So we left it off the click, but, you know, uh, I don't know, that's too technical. <laughs> no, it's interesting, though. I mean, I always wonder what the process is like now, you know, like, uh, you know, all these years later, how people kind of approach it. But yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, what we did was we we uh, recorded our practice sessions and then we played along to uh, to our the, the practice. Uh, you know, once we got a good take on the practice, we brought it into the studio and we uh, actually played along with that. So uh, 
Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, I've been doing a lot of like just everybody doing their own thing in their own studio and passing it along. And uh, so this was uh, kind of going back to the everybody playing all together in a room, but uh, also using, you know, the, the tools that we have available. Yeah, so I, I, oh, I, I wanted to uh, mention that, uh, so now that this trilogy is out, the next thing for me, as far as Imaginos, is the live show, which is something yes. not happened yet. Uh, we played, I played like a half a dozen gigs, uh, Imaginos gigs, and uh, so now we have four more gigs coming up on the East Coast, uh, August 30th in New York City, with Sony Hall, September 2nd, Annapolis, Maryland, at the Ram's Head, and then uh, September 6th is Pauling, New York, at Daryl's house, and then September 7th, the next day, is Leesburg, Virginia, at the Tally Ho. So these are all, all the gigs we have so far, but, and I, and I have to interrupt that to do a tour with the Dictators. We're doing 10 shows in Spain, in uh, late September, early October, and then we're doing some other stuff in the uh, in the in the United States, and so and I'm also making a record with a French heavy metal group uh, on. Um, uh, well, they're making the record, but they had they're bringing me in to do one song, a song that I uh, co-wrote with them. So um, oh, that's nice. awesome, right? Cool. And that's on October fourteenth. So, and then after that, I don't know, maybe more Imaginos gigs, maybe more Dictators gigs. Maybe, you know, I have a, a couple other projects that are in, uh, you know, uh, yeah. completion. You know, it's a Michael Moorcock record, the last of the of the uh, A and Heat, or whatever you call it, uh, Dances at the End of Time. This is mm. the last of those records. So, how oh, about, wow. uh, I don't know, I think seven or eight songs where they want me to play drums so you know i have to <laughs> <laughs> I have to find that for, time for that at some point but you know the, the other thing about this is there's a comic book that's coming out and there's the that the first comic book is reimaginos and that comic book is essentially done it's all been you know i think that they wanted to change it a little bit uh, but most of it is, is done and, uh, that will be out sometime this year, but we are also working on the, the follow-up bombs over Germany and then Newton reformation. And then at some point we'll have a Graham, you know, box set with the comic book, oh, yeah. record, the, the CDs, and we'll have bonus, bonus, uh, things on there. So, uh, you know, we nice. might, uh, uh, never, performed uh sandy perlman song there's some songs that uh well one song that was uh supposed to be on this record and it and it, it actually uh sandy perlman wrote it down it was called port jefferson and uh we could not find the demo and i couldn't find the lyrics and then of course now that i have what i was saying before in this closet behind me uh the, all of sandy's writings it's there you know the lyrics to it and it's also where it's the order it's supposed to be so maybe when we do the box set we'll include uh you know a couple things that uh we we weren't able to you know finish it 
you know, when this came out. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the grand box it's set. It's screaming yeah. for box set, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be ultimate, the ultimate box. Oh, my gosh. That would be yeah. fun to put together, right? I mean, to put all the stuff. I, I bet you, you'll have a lot of fun, you know, putting that yeah. together. You know? yeah. The graphic novel is cool because every song has either one page or two pages. And uh, you, there's a QR code. You click on it and it takes you to the song that is... Uh, talking about that that part of the story in the novel so it makes it everything a lot more clear as far as what's what's supposed to happen or you know i mean still there's still room for you know interpretation but uh you know you see some sims kind of story arc there yeah yeah definitely so cool man thank you albert thank you sir Yeah. Yeah. Good talking to you again. See ya. Yeah. We'll see you at at the next one. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah.